Praise the Lord. Like I mentioned earlier, that our theme this month of March is marriage and family. We want to visit our marriages and our families. And I pray that our marriage will be sweet, will be glorious, will be beautiful and blissful. It will be like heaven on earth. It will be heaven on earth in the name of Jesus. For those that are married and for those that are yet to marry, it shall be well with our marriages in Jesus' name. And my topic this evening that I've been given to do the teaching on is titled God's Pattern for Marriage. Can we say it together? I can't hear all of us. Children, can I hear you? Ah, children, are you here at all? Children, let me hear you. Our women, our men, God's pattern for marriage. And, you know, pattern, you know, first thing we will look at, the word we will look at is pattern. What do we understand by pattern? Before I, you know, give out the meaning of my own pattern, can anybody tell us what pattern means? Style. You, you, stole, you, you looked into my book. No, I'm only joking. Eh? You looked into that because those were the things I jotted down. I don't have it in the manual. Style. Let's put our hands together for Sister Gbaye. Yes, she read my mind. Style. Yes, another word. There are so many synonyms for pattern. Sequence. Format. Sister uh, Funcho said sequence. The other sister said format. Yes. Design. Ah, we are scholars here. I want to learn you both, English scholars. What did you say, my girl? I didn't hear you. Way. Yes. Ways. God's ways. Yes, God's ways. God's ways. I take it. Can we have the other microphone, yes. sir? Okay. Please, you give it to them. Are we okay? Okay. Like um, what I have in my own um, manual is that the style, principle. We can as well call pattern a principle. We can call it standard. God's standard for marriage. God's expectations for marriage. God's instructions. Are you noting them? We should come with our pen and paper, though. Style, part, uh, you know, principles, standard, expectations, and instructions. Hallelujah. Our Bible text this evening is from Genesis 2, 18 to 25. Can anybody read for us? Whoever is there should read. Genesis 2, 18 to 25. Marriage the Lord has given to us. It is the beginning of marriage, where the marriage began. Genesis 2, 18 to 25. And the Lord God said, It is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the hair and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. 
And Adam gave names to all cattle and to all fowls of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a up meat for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh eastward thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. Verse 23. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because he was taken heart of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. 25 the last. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Hallelujah. Tonight we are going to focus on verse 23 to 25. That's the beginning of marriage, the essence of marriage. And what does, a, what does marriage mean? Can anybody tell us? Marriage is the coming together of a man and a woman as husband and wife. Marriage is the coming together of a man, you know, of a man and a woman as what? As husband and wife. And coming together of a man, did he say a woman and a woman? Did it say a man and a man? Please, I want you to note that's the kind of, the, 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 the pattern of God's marriage. A pattern of God's marriage involves a, a man and a woman. Not in this generation that we are now. What are we seeing? We are seeing marriages between a man and a man. And a woman and a woman. Is that the what kind of marriage? That's not God's pattern. As we move on, we begin to see. I want us to go, move with me in the introduction. God considers marriage to be an agreement between a husband and a wife as well as a commitment. Please, let's note the key words. Agreement, commitment between the couple and him. So now, that, are you seeing that? That the marriage is not only between husband and wife. It's between husband and wife coming together as one. And then an agreement again between that one entity with God. The Bible said a man and a woman, they shall leave their father and mother and become what? One. So now the one entity, that husband and wife, they have become one and they are now having another agreement and commitment with God. That's when God is involved. Hallelujah. If you have any contrary opi um, opinion to this, you can raise your hand. We are in a Bible study. If you want to kick against it, please kindly raise up your hands. He expects us to dedicate ourselves to any, uh, the relationship. That is, a man and a woman, they are expected to dedicate ourselves in that relationship. So we have seen three words now. Commitment and what? Agreement. Can we hear that? That means if a man and a woman do not agree... Are they expected to come together? No. They are not expected to come together. This starts from courtship. When you see often that you, 
tend not to agree on things, please watch out as young people. You, you know, when you have like minds, the Bible says, the, the, you know, you, the man and a woman, you know, is the bone of their bones. And the man, Adam slept, he slept, and from his ribs, the woman was taken out. So that shows intimacy and agreement, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Pastor Olubodun, are you in agreement? Praise the Lord. So those are the, please, can we mention the key things I've said we should mention? One, agreement, commitment, dedication, and also to recognize our responsibilities, duties, and loyalties, both to our spouse and to God. So this thing, so in any union, in any coming together of a man and a woman, if God is not there, it's not God's kind of marriage. Can you hear me? So it's not just uh, going to the road, seeing a man or seeing an unbeliever as a Christian sister or a Christian brother and go to the road and just see an unbeliever and say, I want to marry. That's not God's pattern. The two people must have like minds. And what does a child of God, you know, two, two children of God coming together, they, are, they, are, they have one thing in common. What's the one thing? Being God, being born again. So that's the first priority. As we move on, we'll see. So what marriage is not, that is, what marriage is not, when, you know, the kind of marriage that is not expected as children of God. I will read. In the Nigerian society, we see many people handling marriage with levity. Oftentimes, most of us, like we will, they will say, eh, call me. We know it's just um, tradition, it's Yoruba. It's, you don't call just anybody. That's word husband and wife. It's, it's so deep. It has, you know, deep meaning. For you to just call anybody my uncle, my husband, my wife, you have to be careful. Praise the Lord. Therefore, we should not be surprised to see the many unhappy consequences that attend carelessness in the marriage institution. It's because we take, in Nigeria, we take marriage with levity. We have seen so many marriages not working because it has not come in the pattern of God. Oftentimes, when we see young um, boys, uh, young uh, girls and boys, we won't say, don't let me call them youth. They will, you see them living together before marriage, and they will say they are living lovers. That's not the kind of pattern God has laid aside. That's not the kind of God's style for marriage. As uh, children of God, are we expected to start living together before marriage? No. But we find it in our midst, even in the house of God. We still find a couple, you know, they are not yet married, but they are living together. They still visit church. And that's not the God. It's, God frowns at it. So, brethren, tonight, not for only, if we have found ourselves, you know, already married, and we found, we have found them, um, one thing in that area 
I know most of us, we are born again here. We would have asked for God's forgiveness if we have done that. But if we haven't, let's go back to our closest tonight and ask for God's mercy. Praise the Lord. So for those here tonight who are yet to be married, God's pattern of marriage for you to go into marriage is not for you to live together first. No. God frowns at it. Thank God for tonight. And I pray that the Lord will cause us to hear and be, to be hearers of his word tonight and not be doers in Jesus' name. In Genesis 2, 18 to 25, like we have read, we discover the original model for marriage. This model tells us about the purpose of marriage and the foundational principles which support healthy marriage. We have already discussed how God gave us marriage to deal with our loneliness. You know, Adam was in the garden of Eden and God knew that he was lonely. What did he do? He gave him a woman. Why did God give him a woman? For him not to be lonely. For him not to be only. Marriage is designed for what? For companionship. That's the kind of God's marriage. For us to keep as you know, each other's compa be companion to each other's. We will see that marriage involves the formation of a new family in which the husband and wife develop a life of intimate oneness. So one of the things, God's pattern of marriage is also for intimacy. For one, the Bible has said a man will leave his father and his mother and shall cleave together and become one. That's the kind of God's pattern and this solves the issue of loneliness okay i'm we are still in line so i'm starting with the patterns now gradually we are looking at the patterns the first pattern is that before a marriage can take place it must have a divine origin which i've mentioned earlier there must be god factor in any a couple coming together as husband and wife we are not going to read all the passages tonight, but I'm going to start with um, Matthew 19, 4 to 5. In reply, he said, Did you not read that he, he created them from the, from the beginning, made them male and female? And 5, and said, For this a reason, for this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and will stick to his wife and the two, and the two will be one flesh. The, one, the, husband, the man will leave his father and mother and be clicked to one flesh. The emphasis here is that we should, before we start a relationship, God must be the you know, factor of the relationship. We must establish the foundation on Christ. Hallelujah. He said a man, I want to emphasize because we are in a generation that, you know, what is uh, selling now is a man-to-man -man marriages. Have we not been seeing it? It's coming here gradually. It's already here in our society. Yes or no? It's here already. So as children of God, God has instructed God's pattern is just a man and a woman. And before you can come together, it must be established 
on God. It must be a godly relationship. You know, when it's not godly, that's when we begin to see us being living lovers, fornicating uh, before marriage. So God is telling you that do not go near fornication. You must come together. Let it be. When you have the fear of God, when you know that it's established on the word of God, definitely, if that uh, temptation wants to come, you quickly go back to what? To the word of God. And what the word of God says. To the pattern the Lord has set aside for us. Are we together? Are we together? Praise the Lord. The second pattern is that godly marriage is honorable. It's honorable. Hebrews 13, 4. You know, marriage is dignity. The Yoruba will say, it's God's, when, especially when it's God's uh, divine marriage, it gives honor to the ones that are ungodly. I don't know. I don't think it gives honor. But the godly ones, it gives honor. Praise the Lord. Can we read Hebrews 13, 4? Hebrews 13, 4, and it says, Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but warmongers and adulterers, God will judge. Can you hear that? Before you establish any relationship, do not defile. I'm talking specifically to our youths here tonight. The Bible says you should not defile the bed. What we are seeing all around now, they believe, hey, let's go, let's have, let's have it. That's why they keep on telling us in the house of God, where before you can come together, let your pastor know about it. Let the person that God has given you as your pastor, let the person be aware of the relationship. And as a, a couple that are, that are in courtship, you are not expected to visit yourself alone. You shouldn't visit each other in a lonely place. In, you don't, a sister doesn't have that uh, right before God to visit the husband to be in the house, in his house. You go to a public places. You go to restaurants. You go to where people are, you know, where temptation cannot, you know, you will not be tempted. Because anywhere you are together lonely, there's bound to be temptation. Yes or no? There's bound to be temptation. So those are the ways, the pattern, the principle of God concerning for a, a godly marriage. Hallelujah. Though it is permissible, are we allowed, look at, can we quickly also look at um, 1 Timothy 4, 1 to 3. Chapter 4, verse 1 to 3. It says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the, late, in the later times some shall depart from the faith giving heed to, to seducing spirits and doctrine of devils, speaking lies in hypo, hypocrisy, having their, their, their conscience scared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meat, which God had created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You explain what you have read to us, please. Okay. This place is um, telling us about 
um, how we humans have gone away from the um, ways of God's ordained marriage. The pattern we ought to follow, we have drifted from it. The things that are supposed to edify marriages have been uh, turned the other way around. Then seduction, things of the world have become the order of the day in the position of marriage. And from this, all that you have read that is happening in recent time, what do you think the consequence is? Do we have marriages working now or most of the marriages are experiencing one turbulence or the other? We have, well, right now, especially, let me say in Nigeria, where I know, we have a lot of marriages going through a lot of trials and temptation. One, finance is a, is a bigger challenge, make causing a lot of um, trouble in the marriage. Two, we the Bible said that marriage is designed so that um, to kill um, loneliness. But believe you me, nowadays a lot of people are married and they are even more lonely than when they are single. Why are they lonely? That's because. The pattern of the marriage which God has already ordained for believers has not been followed. followed. Hallelujah. Praise so we Lord. have so many marriages that are not working yes. now yes. because of this reason, not following God's pattern. God's pattern exactly. Hallelujah. Particularly, maybe the wife might have the fear of God and married maybe a non-believer and the unbeliever not. Sometimes I don't I, I won't uh, say is um, maybe because the whites, even in Nigeria, it's not like people don't have the fear of God. But circumstances sometimes make people to do things that they are not supposed to do. Hey, but if circumstances makes you to do things you are not supposed to do as a child of God, is it right? No. Uh -huh. So that boils down to the fact that those, the person doesn't have the fear, the of, fear God. of God. It still falls down to the issue that the fear, if the fear of God is paramount in the heart of that person, you will not even move, no matter what you're going through. Exactly. No matter, you still depend on God. Exactly. Am I making sense? Yes. Are you with me, please? All right. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, so now we, from the Bible passage we read, we, we noticed that um, it was mentioned that for, uh, some people uh, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, which is really happening, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats. Forbidding to no. So while I was going through this uh, Bible text, I want. I now said I want to throw this question to us, Pastor. Please, you are here this evening. Are we saying that those that are not married, like the priests? And the reverend sisters in the Catholic Church, are we saying that they have not gone according to the pattern of God? They have walked away from the pattern of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, First Corinthians chapter seven. When you look at First Corinthians seven, Paul spoke about marriage and was advising husband and wife not to separate themselves from sexual activities except for mutual consent and the bible also warns and it says those that cannot contain themselves should marry now 
Paul the apostle, we didn't hear that he married nor had a wife because he wanted to focus on the ministry. Forbidding to marry here, as we saw in the scriptures, is talking about people who just want to live a careless life. Do what they want to do. I don't want to be responsible. I don't want anybody to call me my husband or wife or whatever be the case and do what they like. Because the Bible says, if you cannot contain yourself, then marry. There was a time I was even saying that you would advise that people should even be single rather than married. And so for those who are not married, they will have more time for the things of God than those who are married. And this is practical reality. That does not mean a sister or a brother will tell you, I'm not marrying. I want to just face God. That is the bit the Catholics have taken. And it is an oath of celibacy. In other words, I want to keep my body pure from activities of family life so as to concentrate on serving the Lord. That is oath of celibacy they have taken. There's nothing wrong in it. So it's not that they are forbidden to marry. They chose to do that, to have more time for God. The other one is talking about there are people who just refuse to marry because they want to keep on dotting around. You see some young men, why don't you want to marry? Say, I'm not ready. Why are you not ready? On a side issue now, it's just like ordination. I keep telling people, ordination in the redemptive of God is not a bribe and it's not a reward. It's just a blessing of God to take it to a higher level. So and I keep telling people, if you don't want to be ordained, there are three things I always think. Number one, there are some things you are still doing that you know are wrong and you don't want to stop yet. Number two, you are afraid of additional responsibilities. Forgetting that he that has called you has the ability to give you the grace to cope. Number three, you don't even know what you want because you don't have a focus in, focus in life. Nothing really matters to you. So, looking at that as a corollary, there are those who don't want to marry because they want to stay irresponsible. Do what they like. There's nobody who will save my husband, my wife. Praise the Lord. So I think that's just the beauty about that. Praise Thank the you. Lord. Thank you, Daddy. Praise the Lord. And in my um, outline, I've mentioned it is written to forbid marriage was one of the doctrines taught by those who had departed from the faith. So, like Daddy has said, those that are not in faith, those that are the ones that forbid to marry. Praise the Lord. So now it's clear to us. So who can give me examples of those that just chose in the Bible that because of the work of the kingdom, they didn't want to marry. We have, like Daddy has mentioned, Paul. Yes. Paul. Who else? Who else didn't marry in the Bible? Jesus. Daddy said it. Then who else? Elijah. Elijah was not married. Praise the Lord. Let's move on. So the third pattern is that godly marriage is monogamy and not bigamy or polygamy. Can you hear that? God's pattern is for a man or a woman not to have, you should have just only one wife, one husband. Praise the Lord. Marriage is the joining of one man and a woman, not one man and two women. Recently, the man, the mala in my estate that comes for our dustbin, and I was just talking to her, I said, you know, the person lamenting that he, he was not, uh, 
he's not rich, he's this. He said, uh, Mommy, I'm going back to Kano. I want to marry second wife. I said, Why? Ah, I must marry second wife. Oh, we must, that's it. We must marry, I must marry second wife. Why? I said, I had two before. One died. So I must marry. I said, What's the essence of you getting married? Can you, ah, he, you know, he doesn't see anything wrong in it. He just believes that that's their own pattern. As a Muslim, they must marry two wives. But our own is different. God says, one wife, one husband. Praise the Lord. So God does not support polygamy and bigamy. Praise the Lord. In the Old Testament, we saw our patriarchs like Lamech, Abraham, David, Solomon, going into polygamy. And this was practiced in the law. Why did you think this happened? Why do you think this happened and it was the order of the day? Do you think Abraham is our father of faith? Yes or no? He's our father of faith. And we found out that he married more than one wife. So, uh, does the Old Testament support what is... You know, in Old, New Testament has been told that one wife... One, even right from the first one, God has mentioned it. A man and a woman will live and come to. So what can we say about them? I believe God has um, his own way of dealing with individuals. The people of the Old Testament, the ones that went into polygamy, they served God. They Many God. of them were approved of God. Yes. But in the New Testament, because we cannot judge, but the New Testament when Jesus came, he gave us a new order. He said he, he has come not to write off all those things that were done in the past, but to set a new order. So I want to believe that in those days, even our forefathers like 100 years ago, many of our grandparents went to polygamy because of agriculture, because they wanted to increase the population. That was mainly one of the economic ways of going into polygamy in those days. And I want to believe that even in the time of the Old Testament, those people went into polygamy because they wanted to have a large family. And God approved of those things. But now, because of the enormous responsibilities attached to marriage, even one wife is even enough responsibility not to talk of another wife. God Praise the Lord. Um, that was what I jotted in my uh, outline. I said this is a new dispensation. You know, Jesus Christ has come. He has died, and we are in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. Yes, Brother uh, Falodu, Pastor Falodu. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah, I just my view, and um, if we take a look from the Bible, even Abraham, that got um, more than a wife, one wife, he was not so from the beginning. When you look at his life, it was his wife that pushed him to that. It wasn't so from the beginning. If you look at him very well, he doesn't want to do it. But something like his wife, you know, have to push him. And then, you know, when you do, like we've been saying, man, you know, when you do what is actually not from God, there is consequence for it. And that's what we see. And that's what is going on. Then, if you move to the life of even Jacob, Isaac, you move to the life of Jacob, we discover that Jacob does not want to marry Leah. It was Rachel, he actually wanted to marry. And it was because they didn't give him what he wanted. If you discover that their life never go well, 
there is a particular girl which is the daughter of um, um, Leah who was got raped because Jacob never loved Leah. Jacob was always pushing Leah and his and her children to the for the for the war front. Was always pushing them to war front. When he wanted to meet um, Esau, you know he has done something wrong to Esau, and he was like, maybe Esau we might kill them or they might you know go into war. What does he do? He sent Leah and his and her children to the war front. Let Leah die and her, and her children. And then when one of their daughters also got raped, instead of Jacob to talk, he didn't say anything. He kept quiet. I'm sure if we were to be daughter of Rachel, that got raped like that, I'm sure Jacob will stand up and fight. They didn't fight, Praise and that caused a lot of issue. Praise so it wasn't Lord. so from the beginning. Praise it was because Lord. we go on our own way. The Praise Lord the Lord. Amen. The bottom line is that if you go into polygamy or bigamy, there is always a consequence, consequence which is not, palatable it's not palatable at all. At all. If you look at people who have gone into it, it's one issue or the, or the other. other. So let's learn from them. Let's learn from this example. Like I have in my outline, I wanted us to cite a practical example of a, a polygamous home. You know, house of commotion. When we used to watch it, we know how it was like. It, that's how a polygamous home is. Not, you know, the love there is divided. It's not like having just a husband and a wife and a, a nuclear family. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are we together? That's the God's kind a pattern of marriage. Monogamy. One wife, one husband. The fourth uh, godly uh, pattern is godly marriage is united in construction. You know, construction in the sense that God has established that the husband will leave the mother and the wife will leave the, and they become one and the husband is seen as the head of the home praise the lord is the seen as the head of the home praise the lord the woman was formed out of man genesis 2 22 for there is for there to be marriage one tie must be broken before another can be established thus there is need for living God says you must leave. So another pattern of God's marriage is that you must leave your parents. For those that still have their wives in their parents' house, I think that's not the God's pattern. God has seen the beginning from the end. He knows the trouble that can arise for a man to keep the wife in the house, a parent's house. Praise the Lord. So that's another. It involves cleaving, living, you come together, cleaving, and becoming what? One flesh. Can we read um, Matthew 19? Oh no, it's quite long. I don't want us to read. Uh, we have read Genesis 2.24, which has told us a man will leave his father and his mother, and they shall become one. Another godly pattern, the fifth one is, godly marriage is pro procreative in design. You know? In Genesis 1.28, the Bible says, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and replenish. That's God's pattern. He wants every marriage to be fruitful. We are not talking in terms of uh, having children alone here. Yeah? Fruitful in every area. 
financially, materially. So if you find any home not having this um, fruitfulness, let's, let's check it. Let's check ourselves and see where the problem is coming from. Praise the Lord. Let's re-strategize. Let's resettle with God. That does not mean that those that are single, you know, I have it here that this, um, sorry, can I move on? I, am I where I'm supposed to say? <laughs> God's purpose for marriage can be fulfilled with or without children. It's not that um, those that don't have children, uh, they are barren. No. The Lord says fruitfulness in every aspect. Praise the Lord. Are we together? Fruitfulness in every aspect. So we should be fruitful. That's God's pattern for us. Another one is that we should, God, a godly marriage is patriarchal in government. That is seeing our husband as the superior. Not only that, not that his superior does not mean that we can't be on equal level, but seeing him as the Lord. You know, uh, Abraham, when we, Abraham and Sarah, what was Ezra, uh, Sarah calling uh, Abraham? He said, my Lord, my Lord. So uh, I want us to see that God's pattern for us is to see our husband as the head and we are the subject. Praise the Lord. By God's direction in the home, the man is the, is, is the husband, the head, while the woman is to be subject to him. This does not mean that one is superior to the other. Rather, that is God's method to achieve other. The reason why he wants to place man above is that he wants order, peace, and harmony in the home. I pray that the Lord will minister to us tonight in the name of Jesus. 1 Timothy 2.13 For Adam was first formed, then Eve. Can you hear that? That shows that Adam came first before Eve. So Eve was taken from the rib of Adam. So every woman was taken from the rib of her husband. Praise the Lord. In conclusion, marriage can be a blessing or a curse. At its best, marriage is wonderful, but it can be terrible. At its worst, that, that is why some people are enjoying their marriage while others are enduring theirs. Therefore, before you marry, you have two eyes your two eyes open after you after you married close one eye close one the more marriages are built according to god's pattern the better the society becomes let's all strive towards that ideal so the essence of all what i'm saying tonight is that before we go into our marriage any marriage we should let our eyes Two eyes be open so that we will not run into error. Because my, my former pastor used to say it, Pastor Diolamens, I said, whatever you do, you cannot undo. Marriage is something that when you do, you cannot undo, unlike our, on our computer system. When you do something on it, you can go back and undo it. But marriage, can we do that? If it's, it, it has K-leg, 
it will take only God's grace to bring it back to what God wants it to be. So the best thing tonight, I'm focusing mainly on our youths because we that we are already married, we have already gone into it. The only thing is that any mistakes we have made, we'll ask God to step in and correct it. But the younger ones in our midst who are yet to marry, God has pattern. God has his own ways, his own instruction. Let's follow it. Let all our young ones go back home and study Genesis 2 that we have read 21 to 25 and see what God's plan is for us as young ones coming together. Praise the Lord. Question? Uh, uh, this, back? Sorry, Ma. This uh, aspect that God marriage is monogamy and not bigamy. We talked about the Old Testament. I really want to add something to it that there are some reasons that is behind their polygamous family, aside from the fact that they disregard, they, they, okay, they, they disregarded the God's law. Because looking at Abraham, it was unfruitfulness that really caused his uh, polygamous family. Though it's not what God wants from him. Then, like David now, I think David is greedy. Uh, of course, greed. <laughs> and did he see, did he, he, not the he, consequence. Abraham yes, too did. Did. Because that's the reason why we have the other sect and so, we are Christians. And it's still, it, something of that nature to still occur. Aside from the Muslims that believe, because there are some Muslims that they will say that no, it's still one Of course, there are wife, some. One, so one, many one some of them, yes. Uh -huh, but there are some, it's because of the fact that even the Muslims, they, they always say that if you can satisfy the, the wives equally, which is not possible. The Muslims will tell you that except you can satisfy them equally and they will always, uh, you know, end it by saying that it's not possible to satisfy every woman, you know. So it still boils down to the fact that it's not accepted. You can't, it brings trouble and that's why we have so much trouble in the society. Praise the Lord. We have come to the end. Okay. Uh, we are, our time is fast, friends. I just want to quickly ask that if a marriage is going through some trials and some uh, turbulent times, is it advisable or when is it a okay, break? Maybe should give themselves space or break. Is it advisable? When it involves life, we have been told that there should be a kind of separation. When it's going to involve maybe the husband, you know, threatening your life, whoever, whoever the person is, you are advised to separate for a while and, and invite God to intervene. Ma, please, I want to ask, like, if someone married a divorce, like, there are a lot of divorcees out there, and some people, you wouldn't know that they are married. If someone married a divorcee is this sin i don't get that aspect like is this sin for the person that got married to a divorcee or is this sin for a divorcee to remarry i want you to clarify uh, that aspect it's not right to me but daddy will enlighten us of course a divorcee is not you want to say something okay sister i, I know it's a divorcee it's 
It's not. It's a no-go area. Praise it's another the man's. Jesus. Um, God actually um, advised that voice, but there's a solution to it, which is when you are, you stay on marriage that your spouse dies. Exactly. So you are not expected to get married to anyone. As a man, you will stay to your wife. As a wife, you will stay to your husband. So there is no room in the Bible where it is written that divorce and get And you don't get married to a divorcee. <laughs> no, it's true. No, because, because the man... Is, she is asking the question. I'm answering her back that it is wrong for someone to get married to a divorcee. So, he didn't know. How can you say the person? Praise, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, one of the things that God gave me in December, is since December that I know this is the topic we are going to take in March. Because as a pastor, I've seen a lot in marriages, even in this church. I've seen some divisions. I've seen some separations. I've seen our youths. Some of them not even letting pastor know. Like on Sunday, Somebody just told me, do you know Sister So So person has gone to do engagements and traditional? And I'm not aware. So people do a lot of things for their personal convenience. But we preach the word of God here. The Bible says if a man commits fornication adultery, or you leave a wife and take another one, you are living in adultery. Any girl, any woman that says she doesn't know somebody is a divorcee, then she's not a Christian. In the first instance, marriage is your life. The most difficult part of life is marriage. You will get to know that as you go on. Because Papa Elton, one of our elders in those days, a Britain man, told us, except you are married to God's own church for your life, your salvation or getting to heaven cannot be guaranteed. And it's true. We have practical ways. You cannot be conscious with somebody and the person this. That's why you need counseling. When you come to pastor, I ask very embarrassing questions for those who know me. I will ask you directly, have you slept together? You are before God, yes or no? And if you say yes, I'll tell you, you know it's sin. They say, they don't do it again. There's somebody that came to me and the Spirit of God, I didn't know before, the Spirit of God told me that this man you are looking is married already. And the sister said he's not married. So I brought the two of them. I asked the man, I said, excuse me, how many children do you have? I didn't even ask whether you are married. He said, three children. The sister was almost going crazy. There was a wedding that took place some time ago. Long time ago. In fact, the sister came to our house to come and change the dress. Do you know that the person she was bringing to us was already a man living in Akute with two children and his wife. And the man said he has never married. And I kept telling the sister, this man is married. She said, Daddy, no. I said, okay, you will see. Three days to the wedding. They have bought dresses. They have bought everything. I said, you come and stay in our house. By the time we started praying some kind of prayer, she said, Daddy, what is happening? I said, you will know. Three days to the marriage. The wife came to this church. I think that's when I went to the He said, I want to see the pastor. He said, one girl has snatched my husband. And I said, see now, 
Because the Bible expects us to be seen and to be discerning. There are men who are going around to start sleep with women and dump them. They will tell you, I love you, I do this. They will buy things for you. But all they want to do is to sleep with you and then you become like a rag to them. It's in the Bible, Tama and Amnon. So please, you cannot go into a relationship. I thank God for what my pastor just said. When you are planning your wedding, go with your two eyes. You see, you must see everything. You must know everything. When you are in marriage, then you close one eye. What does that mean? There are some areas of difficulties, of weaknesses you have to close your eyes to if you want to enjoy your marriage. If it's everything your wife is doing that is wrong, everything your husband is doing that is wrong, that marriage will collapse. So it's very important. Anyone who married a divorcee is living in adultery, no matter what. And the Bible says so. If you separate, remain separated until one dies. And I don't think you'll be praying that the person should die. So the best solution is let's come back together and continue our lives. Praise the Lord. So you're asking that whoever, uh, if a lady did not know and went into such man, the best thing is the person to opt out. Okay. Praise the Lord. So are we happy this evening? Yeah, we have spent so much long time. Let's put our hands together. And so our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this evening for your word that has come forth. We ask, oh God, that Lord, you shed more light upon this topic as we go to our various homes. Father, to meditate on this topic. Father, enlighten our mind. Open our hearts of understanding more in the name of Jesus. I pray for our young ones that you open their eyes enlighten their eyes of understanding so that they will not run into error when choosing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, precious Father, for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed.